Alright, here we go, and in three, two, one. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Welcome to the party, pal! Welcome to Yippee-ki-yay, mother classic. Hey guys, how's it going? Fantastic. Hello. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Yes. Yes. Good seeing you all. Yeah, well, nice being so seen long. by all of you. I didn't hear what Sean just said because he was rolling a bowling ball or something. I don't know what He's, that was. No, I said it was good seeing you all. I hadn't seen you in so long. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Um, all right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with Chris's film. Chris got to pick the film this week. And then after we review that film, we'll do a little round of what you watch. I'm going to uh, not do what you watch because I didn't watch anything. I've been nothing very busy you setting nothing. up the new, you know, I was doing all the work on the new India stuff we're doing and work and Thanksgiving happened, so that I didn't fancy watch, new background. I, I've watched nothing. Um, so clarification. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. Point of order clarification. Go ahead. Is this a never have seen episode? That was my question too. This is a never have seen pick. I think Chris. It was, was it? Chris. Okay, you hadn't seen this. I well, let me put it this way. I had not seen it when we spun the wheel before we spun the wheel, and my name came up like a month ago. Yes. I had not, I have watched, I watched it before I mentioned it all to you, but, uh, I, it was going to be my pick if we had gone in our standard rotation. Okay. So this is a final movie before what you haven't seen. Um, It was worth the wait. So, and also what we're going to do is we're going to spin at the end of, uh, we'll spin the picture wheel, which is us, and we'll go back to our traditional format, which is bring whatever film you want to bring. The really classic show. For this next round of, uh, six. The really classic show. I will say I really enjoyed the films we haven't seen one. Well, well that it got, got us, us RR and R. Yeah, it got us to uh, the Indian films that we're doing. So, uh, breathe some new life into our little tiny podcast uh, shows. Not that we tiny have. anymore. Yeah, so, all right. So, let's get to the movie. Chris, what film did you bring to the table? Uh, I brought uh, 1970s The Looking Glass War. Um, the Looking Glass War is based on uh, the movie is based on a novel by John le Carre, the very famous uh, spy novelist of kind of gritty realism of spy of the espionage world, as opposed to Ian Fleming's James Bond, which is more of a fantasy adventure version of that. Um, this film stars an extremely young Anthony Hopkins. It's kind of a surprise when I saw that. Uh, Ralph Richardson and uh, Christopher Jones, I think is his name. He's an American who um, he's an American who was probably at that time kind of a counterculture guy, most famous for a movie called Wild in the Streets, which if you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. It's from the late 60s. It's kind of a super youth movement um, movie. It's uh, kind of about a future where um, kids as young as 14 vote and the youth takes over the world kind of wow. thing. Is that, a, is that a 30 in concentration camps? Yeah, exactly. Is that a, is that a prequel to streets of fire? We <laughs> <laughs> got the DNA. Anymore. Yeah. It's, it's definitely um, streets of fire. There's like nobody over 25. So, right. and you, you, you just, to, you know, it's very Logan's run. And Christopher ago. Jones kind mm-hmm. of a shoe in for uh, James Dean too. Yes. He, very uh, handsome gentleman. Yeah, extremely good-looking man. Yeah. Running around with Warren Beatty's hair. Yeah, God, he really did look good in this film. All right, so give us a little plot synopsis, and then we'll dive into this thing. So real quickly, this was based on uh, John Le Carre's fourth book. His third book uh, was the the 
Also an amazing film made of that book, The Spy Who Came In From the Cold. Uh, truly a classic, both a fantastic film by Martin Ritt, starring uh, uh, Richard Burton, and uh, an, an amazing film. Can't recommend that highly enough. That came out in 65. Uh, this was the book that catapulted Lucare to superstardom, as far as author superstardom. Uh, he writes this book, and everybody hated it. Um, it was not at all uh, what they were expecting as a follow-up. While The Spy Who Came In From the Cold was super gritty and a very kind of twist and turn and, and like this amazing clockwork kind of uh, plotting, uh, this movie is, and the book as well, is basically about a terrible idea that gets executed terribly. Um, and that's what this movie is about. How meta. Satire. Yeah, and, and very much so. I mean, he obviously, and if you didn't know this, Lucari actually was a member of MI6 for a few years. Uh, and he was very, um, let's just say, uh, grim about and, you know, jaded about the the, the whole espionage world and intelligence gathering and, and what people did in that world. Let me put it that way. So when he writes this book, it's kind of almost like a, hey, uh, not everything is necessarily super well plotted or well put together or well thought out like it was in The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. Uh, so he creates this film or book that was later turned into a very, for a mostly accurate uh, adaptation of the book. Basically, it's about a story of some folks, uh, some intelligence guys that decide that they want to, after trying to get some photographs and having one of their men killed in the field in Finland, who even nowadays, Finland is not a part of NATO. So there's always been a lot of goings back and forth in Finland uh, when the Cold War, when the Soviet Union, the United States and the NATO countries were, were fully engaged. Uh, so essentially what happens is they decide to put a man over the wall or over the fence, as it were, and uh, get some hard, hard evidence. Uh, about some rockets or missiles. About or some missiles, exactly. Um, and what basically occurs is, is that they, I don't want to say strong arm, but they somewhat strong arm this Polish guy uh, who was trying to get into England, wants to live in England, say, hey, you can become an English citizen uh, if you do this thing for us. And uh, they train him in a very haphazard and quick manner uh, to train him as a, as a, uh, as a secret agent to basically go over there, get some information, relay it back to them. It's all very straightforward. And, um, but what occurs is, as we realize is, as the movie goes on is that um, it's a terrible idea from the get go. It is old men wanting to re relive their glory days of world war two. Um, and it's a different world now. Um, yeah, this takes place, what, Cold War? What, what's the year? Definitely it? 60s, late 60s. 60s. Yeah. It came out in the... In, in London. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And uh, came out in the... It was obviously set probably in the late 60s, so kind of at the height of the Cold War, 67. when two sides were very, very um, in equilibrium as far as their world power and their military strength and things of that nature. Um, but anyway, so what happens is, guy goes over the goes under the fence, as it were, and it, things go instantly wrong from the moment they start. And it just kind of um, progresses toward this grim and somewhat inevitable ending. Uh, so not to give too much of it away, but spoilers, um, you know, he ends up going over there and ends up getting killed and they don't even use the information. He, he, he returns to them because they can't, they can't trust it. You know, they can't trust its validity. Um, but what I really liked about this film was just the idea of how, um, terrible ideas can, you know, can kind of create their own momentum and push forward and that people, 
because they want something to happen and they want it to work, they're willing to ignore better judgment and, and, and keep forcing something forward. And they use this poor guy, um, because he, he's, he's, uh, he's from the, you know, he's, he's basically a, you know, uh, an undocumented legal alien, whatever phrase you want to use. He jumped off a boat. Yeah. He's, he's jumped ship. He's a British guy, so he's part of the Soviet. He's part of that Warsaw Pact group, which is all part of the Soviet Union, and he doesn't want to be there anymore. You know, there's a great scene where they say, "What do you want?" and he's like, "I want to become a millionaire and you know sleep with movie stars, something like that." And it's kind of like that. You know, that's you know that was his his desire. I mean, obviously, maybe not that high, but he wants to. He wants all the things that the West can give him. But anyway, uh, I really like this film. Uh, it was it was really brutally grim. Uh, let's let's be real. It, there's not a lot of fun or happiness in this film at all. Uh, but I but I really feel like it was a really good adaptation of an underrated book. And what's interesting, I will say this: uh, I know that probably some of you have seen the I think it was 2009 or 2010 uh, version of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Gary Oldman, uh, one of Lacari's. Probably his second fam- most famous book after The Spy Who Came In From the Cold. It was a great BBC series about that, too. It was, with uh, Alec Guinness as uh, as George Smiley. Uh, the film version, though, I found that the opening of that film version almost mirrored the opening of this film version. It, it had to be an homage to it, in the sense that with all of these glass doors and kind of this kind of weirdly muted jazz score over top of it, um, I can't help but think of, I think it was... Oh, gosh, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy who directed uh, Tinker Taylor, um, Alfredson or Tom, Tomas Al- Alfredson or something like that. I can't help but think that he had seen this movie and used that opening in a similar vein. But anyway, so obviously I really enjoyed it. I was pleasantly surprised. Did this you was read the book? Movies. I read the book. Mm-hmm. Was George Smiley in the book? That was my question, too. I thought he I was. read something and they didn't yeah. put him in the movie. Funny enough. Uh, yeah, George Smiley was in this book for about maybe a four or five pages, right? He's a very small, because in the book, it's a little different. Uh, the group that's planning the whole operation is called the department. It's actually part of the old British military that used to do this kind of stuff. It's not MI5 or it's not MI6 uh, that does the stuff now. Uh, so it's kind of this, it, it, they really kind of push on that whole old men reliving their glory days, yeah. you know, thing, um, even to the point where they're like, um, you know they're they're scrounging around for budget. There there there's a lot of talk of budget in that in the book, uh, but I honestly think and and also interestingly in the book the um, the main character the Polish gentleman he's actually older and he's already a British citizen. He's in his forties. Yeah, he used to do work for them in the in the he was on the Allied side during World War II, and he is brought back into it because of wanting to relive his own glory days. He's like a dressmaker in Great Britain or something really, um, I, at the time I'm sure was considered unmasculine, you know? So here he has a chance to be that war hero again and, and help help continue the battle against the people that are oppressing his, you know, his Polish brethren. So is the title Looking Glass War essentially because these guys are all old mm-hmm. and they're looking at the mirror and they see who they are and what they want to see is their twenty and thirty year old selves. I, th- I think that, I, I think though I think it has a couple of possible different meanings. I think that's a definite one there. I think it also is a you know is an allusion to um, 
you know, Alice in Wonderland and through the looking glass and, and what these guys maybe think is going to happen. It's all distorted. Yeah. It's all distorted. Also, well, also, also keep in mind that Lewis Carroll um, liked underage girls and these older gentlemen are just completely fucking this young man who's very pretty. So that felt like uh, a resonant connection for me. All right. I'm gonna, let me jump in a little bit. Um, First of all, I think this is Anthony Hopkins' first film. Four. No, this is third. I'm sorry. Okay. How about Susan George? This I think that was her first. And the director, Frank Pearson. Yes. Mm -hmm. First director. Might have been his first direction. Now he'd already been a twice nominated for Oscars. I'm looking at his. I'm looking at his IMDb. Okay, he was a writer on Dog Day Afternoon. He wrote Mm -hmm. Presumed Innocent, Cool Hand Luke. He wrote, he wrote, the, he wrote wow. the line, what we have here is a failure to communicate. He did Mad Men. I guess he wrote for Mad Men. And he, and he, he directed... Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Yeah, so I was just going to say, he directed my famous and f- favorite HBO film, uh, Conspiracy, yeah. which I just watch all the time. I was I blown away that. by this guy's, um, you know, his IMDb page, Star is Born. Um, Oh my God! The so Streisand one, and and yeah, this this is definitely in my wheelhouse as far as a '70s film because yeah, you know, it's got the it's got a bitter ending, it's it's got you know casual you know sexual harassment of women, which is just like you know he's slapping that woman around because she aborted her his child and you know it sent him over the edge and on the thing, and just the look of the film, like you said at the beginning, all the glass and stuff, you know it's it's staged very well. And that scene in the kitchen where Anthony Hopkins just out of nowhere decides to have a fight with that guy, I guess, to test him. I don't know what was going on there. And everybody's watching him literally pulling glasses away off the table while they're wrestling and stuff. Um, Couldn't they do that at the office? I don't know what that was about. And that woman who was having the dinner party. She was kind of amused by it. Her husband was one of the, used to be, or he got killed in the line or something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I enjoyed the film. I, I understand. I don't know how everyone else felt. Because it's it's kind of a typical '70s film, uh, but I couldn't take my eyes off the lead guy. Yeah, I had never heard about this guy before, and, and you never it, heard him. Yeah, well, I know it wasn't his voice. Uh-huh. I understand that they they. Oh really? Yeah, the Poor director, David yeah. Lean hired him for, for Ryan's daughter. daughter. Yeah, yep. based on this film, without realizing. He, he was, was dubbed. dubbed in yeah, this. Dubbed. It was a very good dub job, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I had no I idea. Realize yeah. it either. Yeah, um, and I was fascinated by his backstory and all the craziness in his life and yeah. uh, things going on. So, um, yeah, I want to hear what other, what other people said because I well, actually I agree really... with Chris. I, I, this was a shitty movie. I mean, it <laughs> was. Uh, what do you really say that? Oh, that's not what you said. I thought I, that's what you said. No. Um, uh, let me just tell you what I liked about it. Okay, I'll start with that. Um, you could see Anthony Hopkins um, is a great actor, even mm-hmm. way back then, compared to everyone else in that cast. I mean, he just Ralph shines. Richardson. Ralph Richardson, who is great. in one of my favorite science fiction movies, Things to Come, from 1936, <laughs> who played the boss in that movie, and the supreme being in Time Bandits. That's um, my favorite I love Ralph his. Richardson, and I will also say that blonde was breathtaking. Uh, I, yes. I think this was her only American film. She was just strikingly beautiful. But this movie, you know, uh, I have to admit that I'm more a Derek Flint, Matt Helm, James Bond <laughs> spy movie. I'm not into the cerebral spy stuff. But 
even having said that, this was the dumbest spy I've ever seen. He has that radio in that giant backpack, and he forgets it till the guy who wants to sleep with him says, hey, you forgot your backpack. And then the other thing I hated about this movie was the Hammer Films blood, okay? Every piece of blood was this bright, bright, fake-looking red that just was distracting to me. I just found this movie, it's not like it engaged me. It almost felt like um, you could tell it was a British production because most of this, most of the movie was them talking in a room about what's going to happen for the first hour till something happens. I just, it didn't capture me. Um, I thought the guy was okay, uh, uh, the lead in it. I thought he was pretty good. But uh, the movie itself, it just, it just didn't get me. I, I wasn't into it. Uh, in fact, I stopped to give myself a 20-minute break, and then I came back to finish watching it, and I was like, that's how it ends. Now, I do have a question, mm-hmm. and this will be a spoiler. Um, at the end, he gets mowed down in the hotel room, yes. but I didn't see the girl. Was she, she there on the balcony with she him? She was yes. beside him. On okay, the I didn't see that. Okay, it's so he, very they, obscured, but she's there. Okay, so both of them did get killed with that fake right, bright red blood. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of this movie. I thought The Three Idiots was much better. Uh, okay. that's. I'm uh, sorry, I'm just going back to something else. But <laughs> I just uh, And I like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I did like that movie. So it's not like I'm against this type of movie. I just, mm-hmm. it just didn't Didn't you like me. the irony, though, of the kids picking up the film? It's like it, at the I, end. You know, they when it happened, the- I said, my God, that's so ironic. It's ironic that. <laughs> Yeah, irony can be so ironic. Utterly, it means nothing. Every yeah. that meant nothing. well, that was the whole point, right? I mean, right. that's why he screwed up. That's why they they threw him to the wolves because he killed that guy, and that screwed right. everything up. Once he killed the guy, once he crossed the fence, right. so but he was just an awful spy, and I get it. He had a week. He had a week of training, but he was still an awful spy. <laughs> everything you're not supposed to do, he did. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, what the hell? So that that's my take on it. Well, anyway. this movie to me, I, I gotta add my two cents. Yes. Because it's so I mean, it was so complicated, and I was watching. I was trying to get a handle. What is going on here? You know, I don't know. But I love the lead. I mean, he reminds me of the lead that played in "The Russians Are Coming." The Russians are coming. The Russian guy. Yeah, the Russian guy. But he's a that silly movie. What's that? I love that silly movie. I do too. I love that silly movie. But the way the what, what I feel about that lead and what that guy represents is sort of like a some kind of a boyish stupidity handsome kind of you can't resist you know i mean just so fabulous that you just i think your first words were brad pitt yeah well, and you're coupling that, that with anthony hopkins character whose wife oh. is calling every five minutes and you right. feel like he's trapped and he's hanging out with this young guy having <laughs> drinks with him in the bar and he gets hammered in the bar which was funny yeah it i think it is all about that kid's youth Yes. And everybody pining for their youth again. So, good message well, film. Okay. Right. Well, I, you know, I have read, you know, my parents were both voracious readers, and I think it was my father who was reading the um, John Le Carre books. So, I've read a number of the books, and I've certainly enjoyed the movies. I really loved that BBC version of Taylor Tinker. You know, and I like the new one too. Mm-hmm. And um, so I like his work and I've read the books. I didn't read this book though. So um, I got to say, this movie didn't grab me. I just, um, 
I didn't care about the characters. I didn't, I didn't like this guy, you know? I mean, he was extremely shallow. I understand. Uh, now, I'd seen him before in, um, well, I saw him in Ryan's Daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, poor David Lean hired him, didn't realize he was dubbed, then ends up getting dubbed in Ryan's Daughter, too. But I, I kind of liked Wild in the Streets, where if you watch that movie, he's played as a youth by the kid who would later play Greg Brady, you know, oh, really? from Color Eyes. <laughs> Barry Williams. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, you know. Sean, Sean like, can I ask you, why, why was he dubbed? Was, was his readings that bad? I don't know. I thought That's the one thing I haven't Maybe found Maybe he couldn't out. do the Polish accent. You know, he was doing an accent. Okay, but why oh, Ryan's daughter? Polish accent? Why was, was he accent? dubbed in um, Ryan's well, daughter? When he was That's what I mean. English. So was there something well, wrong with Andy his delivery? Well, was dubbed in her first movie, too. I mm-hmm. think she's got a perfectly fine voice. But to you be know? dubbed in two movies, I mean, I'm like, what was so bad? I read the thing on David Lean. David Lean was uh, hated his acting. He hated it. He thought he was terrible. Yeah. So maybe it was his delivery that just wasn't good. I, don't know. I think he was also very difficult to work with. I think he, he was very difficult. One film I did want to see of his, which I hadn't seen, you know, I was reading his IMDb too, was um, Three in the Attic. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, and now that sounds like a perfect 60s film yeah. where he plays a woman. I, you know, he had that James Dean vibe. He, he definitely, definitely I got total vibe. Brad Pitt student. Brad Pitt vibe, too, from him. Yeah. And when the three, he's dating three girls at this college. And then when they discover it, they decide to imprison him, the three girls, and have sex with him until he dies. Oh. Well, you know, <laughs> Ralph's thinking. That wouldn't be a bad way to go. No. Yeah. No, I was thinking, now, no. Wasn't know, that the so, first uh, movie we did on Movie Strange? Wasn't the Devil's something? Now, this is the not as uncommon. Honey, right. yeah. This is not as uncommon as you'd think, them sending in someone, maybe on a mission like this, untrained. Because I did a film, a, a true crime film for the FBI, where they needed, there was Chinese pen trying to steal some corporate secrets, but the work was so complicated mm-hmm. that they they felt they it was easier to train the en- an engineer at the company to spy craft than it, they could ever hope to train an agent into the details of well, the it's, engineer. It's the same with Armageddon. It was easier to train the the drill guys to go yeah, into space this was a true than the space story. guys to. I mean, same this thing. was a true it's story. A, it's a trope. That's a trope. It's, yeah, but um, I don't know. I to me what. You know, I like Anthony Hopkins. I like Ralph Richardson. You know, I like the whole John le Carre thing where it's not James Bond. It's not Matt Helm. It's like sort of like the Harry Palmer films. You know, what's that, Len Dagan? You know, it's, you know, it's more spy craft. And you're right. This is spy craft gone horribly awry. Yeah. And, but I just, to me, what was moving was like when he kills the first guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, he stabs him, and then you, and that's really the best acting he does. You get this look in his face, like I just killed this guy. Yeah. You know, because he dropped he his to, wire like, cutters. Yeah, he has to like. That's what a spy pull does. Knife out of him and everything. Well, that was a young kid he killed too, right? Yeah, it was a young. Yeah. yeah, it was a young border guard. Yeah, and you know, and then he goes and he kills the other guy who's just hitting on him. You know what I mean? He, 
And then the girl just shows up, un, you know, and protects him. With that kid, with the yeah, teeth. Yeah, <laughs> that's unexplained. Well, right. is he your son? No, he's just a kid yeah. coming along. Yeah, you know? and then he's some artsy fartsy stuff going on in yeah. the film. You know, that whole. What do you do with the dog? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I so it's that like. Myself. Yeah, no backstory. You know, yeah, the, the problem is there is no backstory. Yeah. And um, from what I understand of the production, they originally were going to do it with an older actor, as the book intended, and the movie fell apart, and they couldn't figure out how to make it. And somebody said, hey, let's make them really young. It's the same thing. Instead of an old guy who can't do it anymore, it's a young guy who never could. You know, so but I think it does work with the older guys living vicariously through him. I think it works with the younger guy where it might not have worked for an older guy, I, I think. So that that kind of worked, that dynamic. But And the guy know. does have some charisma. I don't yeah. think he's necessarily a good actor, but I think he has charisma. Yeah, just a bad spy. Yeah. You know, um, it's, and I also didn't understand the Germans and the Russians. It's sort of like they know who he is. They're following him, but they lose him. And then they're waiting for him to get on the radio to do the broadcast. And then they're just going to come in and kill him. It's sort of like, why? What, you know, I understand that why the broadcast is not going to do them any good because they would know that the, they already, the English already knew that the Germans and all were on to him. Right. So therefore, anything he reported, they couldn't use because it was untrustworthy. So it doesn't matter if he broadcast, but it's like they already knew where he was and they were following. Him. Well, that's the one thing I kind of like that he he knew if he broadcasts this, he's going to get killed. He knew it. I mean, he yeah. was willing to sacrifice it because because he wanted to get the job done. He didn't know what was going on behind. Yeah, him. but he should have let the girl. It's sad that he didn't let that girl go because she was. Well, cute. I don't think she would have. I don't think she would have left. I think she, she gave was him the in. room. She's the one yeah. that gave him the keys yeah. to get in the room. I mean, she was yeah. helping him. By the way, in real life, they got together too. Yes. Really? Yeah. They shot Wouldn't them, you? you mean? Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With him or her? No, you definitely with him. Yeah, for sure. I'd take the blonde. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Drew, anything? Yeah, Drew's been dying to say something. I can tell. <laughs> so I I love a smart cerebral spy movie. Um, like Bridge of Spies was so much more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. And I, I found that I was thinking of that movie when I was watching this movie, because that's also about taking someone who is not experienced and who mm -hmm. is not fit for this really dangerous high stakes world. And, uh, I, I mean, I totally believe in both movies that they, um, the, the, uh, the espionage, um, establishment would use people like this. That's, I mean, that's what they do. So it's not that one was more credible than the other, but, um, this movie was like, it was a whole new way to be bored that I didn't know I could be bored. Come like on. I thought John le Carre, the Tinker Taylor movie is very good. It's by Thomas Alfredson, as we said, who also did let the right one in, which is a fantastic movie, but he also did the snowman. So, you know, nobody's perfect, but, um, I also had seen the Russia house and this was, I thought more boring than the Russia house with Sean Connery, which was really saying something. Cause when I think of, of spy movies, there's so many that I really like. And then there's ones that really just, they never catch fire. And the Russia house is definitely at the top of that list until I saw this. So Chris, thank you for expanding 
<laughs> the kinds of movies that I didn't enjoy, but I will always remember because I do think it's important to have those experiences. Sure. I, like I was so unimpressed by the spycraft in the movie uh, that even when all these Wait, hot there was European spycraft. Movies, well, there was, yeah, but they they knew it was it was bad spycraft. But those people who were who were running the op, they knew exactly what they were and weren't doing. But even when all these hot European women showed up, I was just like. I think I'm going to go take a break for 20 minutes or fold laundry or something like it just even my dogs fell asleep like it just wasn't it wasn't good oh, and wow. what, what, what bothered the me is that wake I, your dog up this yeah it's this movie is aimed at me in a lot of ways because when this is done the way that I like I love it I've mentioned this series to Chris before there's a show um, from the late 70s early 80s a British show you can actually find it on BritBox uh, it's called Sandbaggers mm. and it's uh, basically about uh, you know, Cold War spycraft. Right. The guy who wrote the show was, in fact, um, a spy in MI6. He actually died and disappeared under, you know, mysterious circumstances not long after he did the three series of the show. Okay. And the show is, that shows mostly people in rooms talking. Yeah. And it is unbelievably suspenseful and really powerful. And you really care about the characters. And along the same lines, the Americans. Uh, on FX is one of, I think, is one of the greatest television shows of all time. And that's also, I mean, it's got some fabulous action, but it's mostly a lot of I people mean, talking and you care. You know what? I have a theory about this, uh, These now that we're talking about these spies. You know, we met a couple of spies and they, it's the saddest story you can imagine. They're not allowed to even tell their spouse what they did that day. They can't say it. Mm-hmm. Well, they're yeah. so, they do for a living. It's all this pent up stuff that they have and maybe this these movies are a way for them to get out you know to say what kind of boring maybe boring things but they have to follow these boring trails to get to some excitement well then you get a movie like um Fives like us no no what's the movie about i really enjoy that film. so do i love it so funny not just the uh, not just the uh the the zip up bra well listen spy game with with brad pitt and uh yeah that was real cerebral Robert Redford. No, but they're fun. Now I'm talking about the one where they they catch the guy in Virginia. I forget the name of that one. Oh, Breach. Breach. Yeah. That's a spy too, and they have horrible lives. I mean, they're you know they're. Well, I, I think I mean there are there are playful there are playful movies that are like this. Like I I think I think it's super underrated. Sure you guys like That's very playful. Well, the, but the man from Uncle that Guy Ritchie did yeah. is an incredibly entertaining movie. Yeah. We've spoken previously about Burn After Reading. Yeah. That is a movie about ridiculous stuff that's very funny and very dark. And at the end of it, they literally say, "What did we learn? Nothing." And, you know, this was, they didn't even go to that. They just said, we know we're not going to learn anything. We're just kind of fucking around because well, we miss Hopkins being young. Well, flips the table on him. He gets pissed off because he felt right. like they used this kid. Well, uh, I want to say also, one thing this- about Breach is um, I met one of the um, agents portrayed in the film. You Breach. say this every time we talk about yeah. Breach. But I do, lo- I do love it, though. For those Breach people, our new fans, I said, so what did you think of the movie? She goes, I said, what do you think of the movie? Was it accurate? She goes, Absolutely not. I go, really? And she goes, yeah, you know, they made me a cat person. I'm a dog person. 
So, <laughs> bastards. Those Hollywood well, people. Yeah, apparently Zero it. Dark Thirty isn't accurate. And th- I mean, I don't, I don't really worry about that. I mean, part of well, the whole thing. That was the only problem. Bigelow, yeah. I mean, this film. Well, but Catherine Bigelow it. can't sit down with these people and say, okay, tell me the truth. I mean, it's classified. <laughs> so the whole thing is and, essentially a riff on the fact that Bin Laden was identified and killed. So it doesn't bother me that that's not real. The big difference between a movie like that and this one, because this movie is, it's, I don't think it's unrealistic. It's just... It's so boring. It's it's so so boring. Well, it's also about relationships. Everybody has some strained relationship with their spouse. His relationship with the all he wanted was the baby. He didn't care about her. The main, Ralph Richardson's wife. That whole scene in the bedroom oh, yeah. where he's yeah. down oh, yeah. to the, you know, she's kind Spoken of the pipe. Yes. Don't light that up. And he's looking for, like you're saying, he's looking for some of that old juice he yeah. used to have. And sure. obviously he's in a relationship, long-term relationship, that doesn't have that juice anymore, and he's looking right. for it. Also, there's a guy that walked in at the end who played the one American in the film, <laughs> CIA oh, yeah. guy, was yep. driving me crazy trying to figure out where I remember him. Aliens. From. Aliens. He was a C. I got it right. That's why I'm wearing yeah. my shirt. He was a C. Don Lowen. Don Lowen. That one. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. 60 families. What's that? <laughs> That's what he said. 50, 60 Every families. Yeah. 426 for years. I've never seen any an American actor, that guy. He's English. Uh, he's also in uh, conspiracy as well. Now that I remember, I think he's in there as well. Well, speaking of conspiracy, there is one other thing that this movie made me think of. I don't know if you guys have explored this. It's really quite fascinating. There's go. a theory that Finland, the country of Finland, isn't a real country. Uh, that it's actually just a body of water and that Finland is a fiction designed to create a buffer between East and West and that region of the world that's very sensitive. And so if you look up, uh, that Finland isn't real, it's, um, it's really very interesting, which is very different from, you know, the movie that we watched. So I recommend. <laughs> that was, that I knew eventually you were going to take a shot. That. Well, that's it's a not, long it's not as, it's not as, as thoroughly worked out as the theory that birds aren't real. But yeah. Finland isn't real is a, is a quick Wikipedia. Chris, I'll tell you one other thing I like that bar scene where they shot up through the table with the, mm. with the pilot. That was yes. an interesting. Well, the, the very first scene. Yeah. The yeah. Very some, first some scene. of the cinematography was pretty interesting. I found interesting. So I'm, I, I, I don't want to totally I've crap heard, on it. I preferred the bar scene in the ninth configuration, but you know, everybody's got different. I blocked that movie out of my mind. So I don't <laughs> I want to talk about that. Well, here's a true story that happened with our, one of our spies. So that you were working with. So Sean and I were due, I bought this dress and everything. I don't know if I mentioned this. It seems like I did. Sorry, Ralph. I'll let you know if you did. I think I did. But we're, I mean, I bought a dress and everything. We were supposed to leave for New York City, you know, a big night out. We were going to see a documentary. Oh, yeah, you did tell this story once. Yeah. Tell it again. (laughs) Okay, I'll say it again. I'll repeat myself. Um, So this, I'm waiting for Sean to call me. And he's not calling me. We're going we're to be late to go drive to New York. We won't, we'll miss the show. And sure enough, I said, what was so important? What was it? I was in the skiff. No, the skiff. what was so important with this FBI agent that she kept us over from going to New York? Oh, I, I forgot what was so, so, I think so, she so, wanted so, you to meet, his, meet her dogs. Okay. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. It was so small and ridiculous. And but I was in a, I was in a skiff. You can't count on a spy. I was in a well. Here's the funny thing: the same, the same agent. Um, we were doing a meeting, and it was a meeting went like 14 hours, and she had to go out to her car. Yeah, and I'm like, you told this, yeah, and I'm like, oh well, let me go with you. I'll go with you, and I'm sitting there thinking, 
you know, if someone jumps us, I'll be cowering and she'll be killing them. She's got a gun. You know what I mean? It was just, it was and just a wristwatch that shoots a dart. Yeah. Why did the, uh, why did the girl uh, in this movie roll the truck into the water? What because she, she didn't want him to drive away without her. Oh, that's right. Smart girl. All right, let's rate this. And thing. what about the radio? Wasn't no, the radio let's was wait. We're done. Okay, let's go. The one he forgot. Nay. Sean and Debbie. Nay. Yippee not nay. nay. I, I hate to say it. It's a nay. I hate when That's somebody a... spends money on a movie and it's produced, and I hate that, but we have to say, I don't know, even Anthony Hopkins, as great as that was, he couldn't save that with his always serious look. He just liked working with Ralph Richardson in this film. Even yeah, though he, he, he was not happy making so that film. I have to say no. no uh, John, can you dub my voice, Ralph? Uh, sure. <laughs> I thought it sucked. I, I have to say, yippee Kai, nay, 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 stupidest spy I've wow. ever seen. <laughs> Drew? Yeah. Drew? I know I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and say, yippee Kai, yawn. It just didn't work for me. Chris, I'm here with you, baby. I say, yippee Kai, yay. It's such a great oh. look into the Chris, 70s did you enjoy films. the novel more than the movie? Uh no, I actually liked the movie a little bit really? than the novel. So did you, did won't be reading the age that of that person make a difference to you? It wasn't so much the age, but let me put it this way: the novel, um, it's only about two hundred fifty pages long, but about two hundred of it is the prep, and only the last fifty is he actually over the wall. A lot actually, actually, he gets even less. Even happens like there's like he gets over, he kills the guy, and then. It's not long after that that they find him, and and part of it is because he's not that great at the wireless, just like they showed in the in the in the film, you know. Um, and it was this whole thing where like they actually found him that really old set because he didn't uh, he he just couldn't work the new one right. Somebody's alarm clock is going up. Is that's, that what I'm hearing? That's, that's me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> It's time for his medication. It's time uh, for what you watch. I think yeah. that's what that was. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, okay, we got it. yippee ki and a lot of nays. In this yippee ki yawn. Right. All right, hey, so Ralph, I mean, Chris, you got more thumbs up than I did with One from the Heart. No. I think I, I only had Ralph same. with me on that one. Yeah. I, I like all these bad films. And the fact is, yeah. you know, I get caught up in the, so the director. You are saying it's a bad film. I am not. I'm it's saying good. it's. Listen, I understand. Caught up in I, I understand it's not a great film. Okay. I understand all that, uh, but it's the aesthetic I loved, and I. Yeah. Love Chris the, does the, not agree with you, sir. I. What's that? Chris does not agree with you. I'm actually. I honestly. I was so excited. This movie, you couldn't find it on DVD. That's what I hear. It's rare. The DVD. They didn't want to waste the metal or whatever <laughs> they make DVDs out of. DVDs <laughs> like sixty-five bucks. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was, no, I liked it, Chris. You know what's on Blu-ray? Deadheading. I liked it, but I do recognize that most people won't enjoy this. Oh yeah. Oh, I knew that. Which is I mean, people are conscious. It happens. All right. So let's do a little. What'd you watch? I'm going to skip I, this one because I go can ahead, I you. can I say something first? Not about the is movie. This, is this going to lead to another joke? No, no, it's okay. not. Um, there's actually been. Um, uh, a celebrity death, someone who was very special to me uh, as a child, a person from a classic uh, Christmas movie. Uh, if I say the line, uh, oh, my God, the quarterback is toast. Oh, right. Quarter- oh yeah. Die Hard. Uh, die hard. Die hard today, yeah. Clarence yeah. Gilliard, he was 66. Yeah. He played Theo the Hacker, and he's yep. in a lot of other stuff. He just died. And I, 
I mean, you know, that movie is a spectacular movie in so many ways, but a lot of the pleasures of the movie are just little scenes of acting. Like, uh, I can't remember. I don't think he even had a name, but, uh, the, the, the Asian, uh, terrorist who's oh, yeah. the, basically that the candy bar in every movie in the 80s. Yeah. yeah when he stops and he, he takes like just little well, moments. The funny like thing about gave us looking a lot around worried about stealing the candy bar and he's killing all these people. Yeah. Right. And he's looking around. No, it's, it's obviously the film is brilliant, yeah. which is why we named. The you know, LAPD has an yes. RV. That kid was that guy was young, yeah. sixty six. Right. Isn't that yeah. old? Yeah, he was in Walker, 66. Texas Ranger too. He played the yep. uh, deputy. Yep. 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 Well, yep. you know the guy that steals the candy bar. The long he's yep. actually who's like actually a really big fight coordinator stunt guy. Oh, um, really? Yeah, and he has a great cameo in. Um, I think it's Rob Reiner, the movie with Kevin Bacon. She's having a baby. Yeah. He, he oh, really? play, they play him against type as a child photographer, right. <laughs> like a, like an ad photographer. I don't remember. And there's that. a like great scene too, where he's got the film. long hair. It's a fantasy. That's funny. That it, dancing with really the lawnmowers. Good. Yeah, it's great. All right, I lied. I am going to say something I watched that I really oh. enjoyed, kind of right. enjoyed, one scene in particular. Weird. I saw Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Oh, I know. I think Drew talked about it before. It's on Roku, so it's got commercials. Ugh. It's okay. I like the idea that that it's a biopic that's completely off the rails, and it's you know, he's playing against total type, and he's a you know, Madonna's his girlfriend. But there's a party scene. Oh my god, that's the best. <laughs> that I've gone back to watch that scene. A that, couple times. That's the, that's the best scene in the film. Uh, other than the fact that that Michael Jackson stole "Eat It" from him and did "Beat It" after he did right. "Eat It," which is funny, yeah, but there's a scene where everybody song. everybody he's bumping into is some famous person, and uh, Jack Black pays Wolfman Jack. Um, you got Dolly there. You got Conan O'Brien playing uh, um, Andy Warhol, Warhol. Mm-hmm. and and this is where they come up with the song uh, "Ride the Bus." Another one rides the bus. Yeah. 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 But that John Deacon comes out from back. Nobody knows who he is. He's the bass Brilliant. player from Queen. It's a great party scene. Got to see. That's that's the main reason to see this film. And uh, I just love that Al's in it. Weird Al plays his his own um, agent. Agent. Um, so it's a lot of fun. But uh, anyway, okay. So uh, Drew, what'd you watch? Well, um, I watched a bunch of different stuff, including stuff that I didn't really like, but I liked it better than The Looking Glass War. So I guess that is something. But um, there's a movie I watched that was supposed to be dreadful. Uh, it's by Neil Marshall, who directed The Descent, which is one of my all-time top horror movies. Dog Soldiers. Uh, no, I don't. I don't love that movie. Uh, this movie has people I like, like David Harbour, Ian McShane, uh, Mila Jovovich. Everybody hates Hellboy that came out in 2019, which was a reboot. Uh, I watched it and I thought it's fine. That's I mean, I don't have any religious, uh, you know fervor for the first two i think the the first hellboy movie is is okay the second one golden army or whatever it's called it was really very entertaining so i'm sorry they didn't make a third but i i sometimes i'll watch a movie that's supposed to be really dreadful with people in it that i like and i go well that i mean i'm not sorry i watched it but it wasn't that exciting but i did watch i started watching a new series on netflix um called 1899 I would say it's a German series, but it's in a lot of different languages, which is important because if you watch it, do not watch it in the English dub. You want to select what's called the English original because everybody speaks different languages and it's all going to be translated. But apparently, if you watch the English dub, this mysterious show is even more confusing Mm. because it matters that this character, and the the subtitles will tell you this character is speaking German, this one's speaking Spanish, this one's speaking French, this one's speaking uh, Cantonese. I've been wondering about this show. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've watched about half of it. It's a basically about, um, an, uh, a missing, um, uh, uh, cruise ship in, uh, 
the titular year and uh, how its sistership comes upon it. And why the reason I was interested in it is because it's by the same people that did one of the best series Netflix has ever done, which is called Dark, That's which strange. is a German series yeah. of three seasons. That is, it's one of those shows that really it's like a like a J.J. Abrams mystery box thing that keeps getting more and more complicated and bizarre and all this weird stuff. And it actually all adds up and it all pays off and it has a wonderful ending. Like Lost. We had like, just like that, that those kinds of shows could never, I don't even think they dream of doing it. So 1899 is good so far, but it makes, makes me happy to be able to say, uh, go watch Dark. It doesn't mean 1899 is better or worse. I haven't finished it yet, but Dark is really fantastic and it's a great winter show and everything. Yeah. <coughs> Uh, all right, Sean and Debbie. We've been busy. I don't know if I watched anything. You, you watched kind of Orgasm Incorporated. Oh, you did watch Orgasm oh, yeah. You did or did not? I did, yeah. We did, but I watched She didn't watch it all. I went to bed. Oh. Like, did you learn anything, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. You know, but I'm not going to go into that here. Yeah, please. Talking don't. about bad movies. Yeah. Um, after watching this film... Oh my God! You guys are cruel, <laughs> Chris. Man, this man. is Chris. I wasn't this tough. You should have been bro. here for the counselor, Chris. This is nothing. Wow, this oh, that's nothing. a fantastic movie. You should have been here when I brought the haunting. And yeah, that's true. The hell out of that's me. True. So, right, so uh, what'd you watch? I was going to watch three, three in the attic, obviously. But but when I was hitting it, I noticed on before I hit do my voice well, he was hitting thing, <laughs> they had solid. They had an Anthony Hopkins movie like recommended to me. Solace, where he's like a psychic who's helping the FBI. Right. Oh, I'm yeah. like, I think I saw this. What, what's it called? I watched this Anthony Hopkins. Solace. Solace? Solace, yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah, it stars that guy who was the bad guy in Walking Dead. You know, the one main bad guy for like three seasons. Oh, the guy who played Negan? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dean Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. Dean, not e- Morgan. Morgan. E- Morgan. E- John Morgan. And what's his name? Colin. Not Colin Fair. I forgot who it was. It was the, the bad guy. But Anthony Hopkins, so I, I knew I had seen the film before. It was obviously directed by a music video director. But Anthony Hopkins played a psychic in um, Hearts in Atlanta based on the Stephen King book, if I'm not mistaken, which I also saw. So I'm like, wait a minute, I know what's going to happen. And I kept confusing my psychic. memory both movies of psychics. So I had, to, I had to get that out of my mind, though. I thought Solace was a pretty <laughs> smart idea. So I started watching R R I P D two. Oh, the sequel! Oh You're oh so jealous. Sequel, and I won't say I got all the way through it, <laughs> but I did think it was good, stupid fun. You know, really it was okay. stupid. Okay. And, well, the uh, first one was good, stupid fun. So yeah, this first is, one was just stupid. Well, yeah, it's pretty I, stupid. Well, Jeff Bridges well, can do no wrong, and uh, I, that was filmed in Boston. That was filmed in Stoughton, the by the way. Idiots. Well, what was that's that? Another review show. I've, that's not this one. Oh, okay. Can I, is it too late to say something? We might as well. You three idiots. Go ahead. Well, Just dub it in. Sequel, okay, you could cut this out if you want to. But the three idiots reminded me of the Three Stooges, and I want to do this to Sean. Uh, okay. Okay. He always wants to do that. That was some good wine. Okay. He has his hair going that's out like, really like Larry. Really fine. Yeah, like Larry. All right. Let's. Uh, 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 we can Chris, fix that. Please, we can us, fix Chris. that in post. Chris, what do you want? So I actually went to the movies. Uh, my son and I went to go see uh, Wakanda Forever. Oh, my God. We went to the uh, Next Act Cinema in Pikesville. It's the old Pike Theater. It's kind of now turned into like a boutique theater where you can order food and they've got a full bar, et cetera. Wait, uh, the, place, the place that was a restaurant after it was 
the Pikes? I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know the history of it. I just know that it's. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, it it it's it's now it's a you know it wasn't a very obviously it was probably just a single screen at one point, just like a neighborhood theater that they twin. Yep. No, I grew up going to there. Yeah. Yeah, and they've basically uh, our know, international audience is loving the talk about the theater. What about the movie? Oh, uh, the movie was um, it, it took forever. It was a little long. It was about two hours and forty minutes. Is it a call yeah. Wakanda forever. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those movies where you can you you watch it and you go, oh, if Chadwick Boseman yeah. had not passed away, yeah. they could have basically did this story. Right, and it would have been good. It would have been an Indian yeah. film. But what happened? It would have been, it would have been good in, in the Looking Glass War as well. They <laughs> they had to layer in all of this stuff, yeah. his passing, and, and the way they did. And in, and you know, in, in some ways, you and it, it it did imbue the movie with a level of gravity uh, that most Marvel films don't have uh, because you know, you're gravitas, whatever. Yeah, you know, if you're all fancy, all movies have gravity, mostly except for the movie Gravity. <laughs> Anyway, the point. Let him finish his review. This is what he gets for bringing that other film to the table. You're crazy, man. (laughs) Keep going. You're all crazy. Anyway, um, but no, it was. But you know, it was a bit long, and it was. It it just kind of um, dragged on in a number of places, and it didn't quite land for me. I I wish it was better than it was. Did Um, you like the first one? I I thought the first. You know, I'll be honest with you. I was not as crazy about the first one as most people. I thought it was Mm -hmm. a pretty standard. Um, Marvel superhero origin movie. Once again, the best part of the first one was Chadwick Boseman. He's an amazingly yeah. engaging actor. And um, did his, this one have a presence, beam in the sky, or was what was mixed. the what was the uh, threat? His family one? said they should have recasted his character, right? Maybe they've done that with so many superheroes. Like it, nobody owns. Well, a wouldn't part. that cause a big rift? Wouldn't no, that be a big I don't problem? think it would have really? because I think what a if lot they of recast people, it with a woman? I, I think that would have. That's what, that's what they did, they though. Did. Yeah, they that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I mean, the, the new or a Black white Pan- guy. <laughs> the new Black Panther is actually a white guy. Martin Freeman, <laughs> the new Black Panther. Becomes, did you see Black the drop off of that film the second week? Robert Downey Jr. I wish it didn't because that's Disney property. And I need Disney properties to in Disney. And the script was written before he died. Yeah, so that's they, what I'm they, saying. Yeah, it was obviously. Yeah. So you're not you're not recommending this film. You know, I, I'd say this is definitely, I used to have this, I used to have my own measurement system, which was full price, matinee, rental, cable. This is a definitely wait for streaming. Yeah. I think it's well, worth it. will be in January probably, so. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say, it will It'll be, be quick. Long, so. Yeah. Black Adam's already uh, streaming. Yeah, exactly. Well, got leaked. All right, John. Okay, I'm going to talk quick because uh, everyone took so much time, and I'm talking about three things. I finally saw the movie Nope. Um, did I like it? Nope. nope. Um, I liked it. Uh, I, I liked the ending, kind of. I, I like what led to it, but the movie itself, I just found kind of, I, I thought it was stupid, to be honest with you. Uh, interesting, but kind of stupid. Uh, the other movie I was going to talk about last week that we didn't get to talk about was this movie called, it's on Amazon Prime called The The Outfit. It, it, oh, it yeah. was incredible. Uh, and the guy in it, I want to make sure I say his name. His name's Mark Rylance, and he's one of the biggest Broadway, uh, 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 British theater guys. Mm-hmm. Just huge. And he was incredible in this. It's a one set, um, show about a tailor who the mob in Chicago in the fifties uses to money launder. Uh, it's a lot of twists and turns. It's got some, uh, I, w- I won't give away anything, but it's got interesting endings to it. He is phenomenal in it. So if you get a chance, watch this well, movie. But do you know what he won, what he won his Oscar for? I don't know. Uh, I mean, spies. 
That's it, Mark Ryland. Okay. Yeah, Mark Ryland. Ryland. But he yeah. was he was he's so amazing. Good in this movie. Wasn't he also I've been in to see um, that uh, Ready Player One? Yep, he's uh, the he's the guy, uh, right? the mysterious guy. Yeah. that died. I mean, you he's, know his face, he's in Dunkirk. Yeah. You know his face in movies. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't really know who he was. But okay. he was called the outfit. In this. The Apparently, outfit. he's in uh, he's in the new um, uh, Timothy Chalamet movie uh, called Bones and All about cannibal oh, lovers yeah. on the run. Yeah. And apparently, Mark Rylance is a cannibal in that, and is straight up terrifying, amazing. Like I'm looking forward to seeing that. And the outfit has been on my list mostly because of him. But I'm glad to hear it just as a movie. Is Army Hammer in that movie? In, in, I don't. I think he's in the documentary that will oh, accompany him on Netflix. All right, I'm going to finish with my last movie since we're getting off track here. Uh, one I just watched that I'm super excited about. It's on Disney Plus. It is the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, and <laughs> it funny. is fantastic. Um, it it uh, really captures this. Uh, it really puts you in the Christmas mood. It's really well done. It's only about 47 minutes. Kevin Bacon uh, is predominantly featured in the special it's really really well done it'll bring a smile to your face and if you're a fan of all of the guardians of the galaxy it'll make you uh jones for the next guardians that they're going to make that they're in the process of james gunn directed it um there's some great music in it james gunn always has great music but original music in it and it really highlights Drax and Mantis. Uh, even though Chris Pratt's in it, even though they're all in it except for Gamora, it's really, really well done. And, and I recommend it like I recommended Werewolf of Night. And you guys all know how I feel about some of the stuff that's currently running on Disney Plus. Yeah. This is one of the better things they do. It's is it really, good for seven year olds? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody could watch this movie. Okay. Uh, the so show. is it better than Star on Wars that? Christmas yeah, I was going to say, is it a it's, play on yeah. that Star Wars thing? It's, Everything is better than that. It's the Looking Glass War might even be better than for, the for Star, Star Wars, Wars fans. Uh, that special is like Voldemort. We don't really talk about it. We know <laughs> it's there. It's fun. It's but so we don't kitsch. talk about wow. it. Wow. This John, is yeah. This is a serious just film. Just to clarify, film, with, film. with Nope, Cinemania. So you said you, you are... the best part about Nope was the ending. You mean that you liked when it was over? No, <laughs> no, no it led up to a mystery. Because I remember Nope was just a big. Sh- you know, big sheet. A big cut. Well, it it was it was more it was it yeah. was it don't was more than that. Don't spoil it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything. I just it just um, didn't it didn't do it for, like that actor, the lead actor. I don't know his name. Daniel Kaluuya. Okay, he he's got one expression the whole movie. Except he does play for a low key scene. in that movie. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like and the other his sister was so hyperactive. Yeah. On the opposite end of it, it just was. Uh, there was there was some good things in it. I'm not going to lie, because you know they they uh, play homage to so many different movies, and I get what yep. he was trying to do. But, I wish there was more of the monkey. The movie itself, it just yeah. Well, that whole that's monkey an ape. Scene. Thank you very much. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, you're muted. You're unmuted. You probably unplugged your mic. Your oh, new mic. I got very excited. Yes, he did. I think he's gone. You're gone. Can't hear you. I don't know. You're Mike. All right. So uh, given that, let's spin the wheel. Now that John's – this is great. John's quiet. I love this. Can't say anything. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not muted anymore. Oh, damn it. Damn That's it. Right. All right. Here we go. My new mic. I didn't know. Oh. Wow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> I wish it were. I don't want to have to bring one. Now I got to bring one. So, bring it. Um, I don't know. Should we go holiday? Maybe. Holiday? How about Drisham? Too early for holiday, I think. 
We should get really? closer because to we got five of us. By the time we're five, oh, everyone ten. do a holiday movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, well, I like that. Yeah. Okay. So All let's right. bring uh, your favorite Christmas film. We've done this before. Uh, I'll probably I'll try to bring something a little different. Although I can't wait for this. Have you seen this new Christmas movie coming out? With uh, oh, the John one with Lewis David Harbour. Yeah. <laughs> with that Santa looks, Claus kicks a yeah. mace. It's Die you see the other one with the Grinch. Yeah, the mean Grinch. The, the killer Grinch. The mean one, it's called. All right, so I'll bring a film next week. I'll bring a holiday film. Um, Love Actually. Get us in the mood. I'll get the thing rolling. Love Actually. I might have to bring that one again. Oh, my um, God. Um, can't believe that movie's twice. Well, we didn't watch it. You did not watch Love Actually? No, because we no. didn't do a separate episode. Yeah, everyone brought their favorite holiday table. movie. No, We didn't have to watch it. Yeah, you don't have to listen. The same with this one. Just bring one you want. If we've seen it, we can talk about it. You don't have to watch it if you haven't seen it, okay? Wait, well, I do one. We're gonna you're going to bring a movie, movie that we don't have to watch? I mean, yeah. half these movies, you've seen all of these. So well, I, I, I haven't seen Love Actually. I can all right, tell I'll you tell that. you what you haven't. There's one rule. You have to watch the movie that's... Yeah, yeah. This Fine. isn't Hassan. I'll tell you what the movie is. You guys make sure you watch it, okay? Okay, yeah. The whole thing, Debbie. All of it. <laughs> I will. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, hey, don't I'll, forget. I'll, subscribe. Yep. Hit the notification button. Share it. Smash the like button. Right, I'll give you guys. Smash. I'll let you know what the film is. Everybody have a good week, and yep. we'll see you next have time. Have a great week, everybody. Hey, guys. Great show. Great show. Are you two? Are you Bad two? movie, but great show. Hey, we're going to be back to the 40s, man. It's going to be great. Great.